Hey everybody, welcome into the shed. Jonathan Moz here. My co-host Eva Frazier just rode away in the pouring rain a few hours ago, and I am really excited to share the latest episode with you. We talked about so many fun things. You're really going to love this one. Listen up for the fun quiz I gave to Eva about the fixing our streets gas tax, and then she actually did a quiz on me of her own, a lightning round. We talked a bit about the gravel cleanup that seems to be on everyone's mind. And have you ever had someone ask the question of, why should we even fund bike stuff if there's no one in the bike lanes? There's no one riding. Why spend any more money on it? Well, Eva gives an amazing answer on how to respond to people that say that. And I shared one myself as well. So definitely listen up for that. I went into a time machine and shared a collection of interesting stories that Bike Portland had 10 years ago this week, including the Oregonian predicting the downfall of Portland because of bike share. That never happened, of course, and some of the initial names that were considered for the Green Loop. Eva got to talk about the speed limiter bill that's just proposed in California. She's a huge fan of speed limiters and cars. We talked about some of the propagandizing I've been able to do with local political candidates, both at Bike Happy Hour and in other interviews I've done recently. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of In the Shed. It's official. We can start talking because... It's Friday. Well, the, the on-air sign is on. The on-air sign is on. Do you have an off-air sign? <laughs> no. It's just off. It's just off. What have you been up to the last week, Eva? What have I been up to? Gosh. It's been raining a lot. I went to trivia with some friends. Fun? Went to No Fun Bar. No Fun Bar? No Fun Bar. Tell me about that bar. It's on Hawthorne next to Devil's Dill Sandwiches. They're kind of metal, I think. I don't know what their theme is. No fun. No fun. No fun. But they do trivia on Monday nights. And I went there with Nick and Jenna and some other kind of bike nerd folks. And it was just like absolutely boring. But we we all rode our bikes there. And there was a very full bike rack outside, which was oh, how nice. Like super cute. Oh, that's so great. It's always fun to see full bike racks until you're the one that pulls up and there's nowhere to park. And you're like, ah, how's this possible? It's 45 degrees and raining. Oof. Well, it's good. Good to see. I it's there were so many more bikes out on the streets these last couple of days when I've been buzzing around. It's good to see. Of course, everybody was pent up from the ice storm, but I just remain really excited that we're going to see a big increase in, in biking. I don't know. I'm eagerly awaiting the new city bike count report. So, hi Hannah, if you're there, I'd is Hannah a, in charge? I'd love a heads up when it's ready. <laughs> oh, I ran into Aaron Corsi at. Happy hour. Yes. What's he up to? Aaron's working on this app. Well, it's in beta testing called Bike Fun. That's basically all the Pedalpalooza stuff, all the shift calendar, cool. like on an app. And that's great. Trying to make it user friendly and it'll have a little reminder set and it has a map where you can find like where the start points are. Love it. That's a great thing to put on an app. Aaron's Aaron's fantastic. It's so good to have really good tech people in the community. I talked to him a little bit at Bike Happy Hour too and I was thinking on my way home, I started, my mind started wandering. I was like, what if you could leave reviews for rides? Now, I know that that could begin a whole, open up a whole can of worms of someone have to moderating mm -hmm. and you might have mean, but I think like, I mean, I don't know about you, but reviews are kind of a thing on the internet. And mm -hmm. obviously I'm aware that they have a whole bad reputation and there's like review farms and whatever country where people are just pounding out fake reviews. Okay, whatever. But Anyway, what if you, what if in the app you could have reviews of rides? I think that could be really helpful. It could even just right? be like thumbs up, thumbs down, or yeah. like 
But how neat would it be like, I'm only like, I'm thinking more for the the repeat rides that happen every year or every Mm -hmm. week or whatever. Because it would, you know, there'd be enough people that have been on them and there'd be enough people that would have no idea what the heck they are. Yeah. And how nice would it be to just see, yeah, I went on this ride. It was really fun. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, ride reviews. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, Paddlepalooza has gotten really big. I mean, sometimes I look at a Saturday in June and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. It's 25 rides. So Bike Fun Which app. one do I pick? Yeah, Bike Fun. It's in beta testing. I found it through the Slack channel, but cool. maybe we can link to things. Yeah, we can. We have the ability. Cool. The other thing we have the ability to do, I was watching a YouTube video on how to connect a phone to this recorder that I have right here. Oh, dang. So people can call in. Yeah. Do you have someone on the other line right now? No, I don't. I didn't have time to, to do that, but you don't have a I, was, plant. I was hoping, maybe thinking that maybe we could try to do call-ins or something. I want there to be, okay, so my friend James, who's a total nerd, could probably set up like an actual telephone Okay. that would connect in so we could talk on the telephone. Because call-ins, I mean, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever were, uh, like, listened to talk radio back when it was a thing back in the day. Where... I mean, I definitely tried to call in to get tickets to yeah, shows, there you go. Okay. right? Like, okay. the eighth caller will get tickets to the blah, blah, blahs. Yeah. yeah. I listened to so much talk radio when I was just, I mean, back back in the day. And I loved the the people calling in. What was the guy? Art Bell, who did okay, like a, yeah. no, nah, what's not paranormal, like astronomy and, and UFOs. And he's just an interesting guy. I don't know why I would listen to a lot of talk shows. I used to listen to Dennis Prager, who did you get on turned any into of being these really like conservative and right wing, I think. Yeah. Prager University guy, I'm pretty sure is that guy. I got onto him. Anyway, I used to listen is to a lot of Is that what you'd be doing if you weren't doing bike Portland? Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Right wing pundit. That's what, that's basically what I'm, what I, where I would head. I can imagine your hair, your haircut, just a little tighter. I mean, totally. Exactly. Maybe just a mustache. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And also like kind of related to people calling in, I had such a fun time at office hours today. I didn't even really mention it. I, I mentioned it in my like publisher note mm-hmm. that I sent out. By the way, folks, I want to remind everybody. Bike Portland has emails you can subscribe to. I do a really bad job of promoting them, but I think they can be a really fun thing for some people. So there's an automatic one that's just headlines that come out. It's like RSS, if people remember, it's like an automatic thing. It just squirts all of our headlines out into an email. You never have to, you never even have to come to the website. I like that that's the verb you chose. I mean, it just it's like a big hose and it just, <laughs> every word, it just comes in an email. But some people like that. That's a lot of people on that. But then we have one called the Weekly Reader. That's what I'm going to really be focusing on. Weekly readers is going to be like a recap, random ramblings, other fun things I can pop in there. And, and then there's a publisher's note, which you only get if you're a paid subscriber. So paid subscriber, get the publisher's note. And that is whatever deep thoughts I can think of. And, you know, housekeeping behind the scenes, bike Portland, that kind of thing. Okay. There's that. But I brought that up because office hours, I didn't even really talk about it or promote it that much this week. And I was kind of thinking maybe people would forget about it. And I, and I would just be able to focus on other things, but it was cool. I got three people sign up and just popped in. I get these little notices. Someone signed up for 15 minute slots. And so I had three really fun conversations. Bob Weinstein, who's district four city council candidate with a lot of political experience. He worked for, I think the Senator from Alaska or the representative from Alaska. Anyway, he's done a lot of interesting things. He came in and just wanted to learn about biking in Portland and sort of stuff. So that was fun. And then two other people who I I didn't get permission to use their photographs or their names. So I'm not mentioning their names, but one was a PSU student and he's really great, really like smart and excited PSU student and urban planning. And then this woman who just is like 
frustrated about all the stuff in the bike lanes and wants to know what to do about it. Cool. So guess what? Told her to go to the bike loud slack and yeah. sign up for the sweeper. Get the sweeper. <laughs> anyway. Sweep some stuff. That was fun. <clears throat> Office cool. hours 10 to 10.30 to 12 every Friday. Sign up and just pop into my little virtual office. That's great. That was fun. I remember, well, before the streets were clear enough to ride your bike or even really walk, I was headed to southeast portland to hang out with some friends and we took the 75 have you ever taken the 75 it's it goes no. I, it seems to go everywhere it like goes down lombard and then like snakes down 42nd and around anyways ran into armando on the bus on the bus as you do yes because portland is the biggest small town i've ever lived he in. wasn't on a bike that was amazing <laughs> he said like, i was like when's the last time you took the bus and he was like i don't know that's funny he yeah. probably had to go eat something he had to go eat tacos he, like he literally taco he was day. gonna go eat tacos i knew it i knew yeah. it what else oh yeah the gravel thing is so funny everybody's talking about the gravel <laughs> and i think last week i was telling you how uncomfortable i get that it sounds like the bikers are just like whining and how do we possibly get on bebop for picking up gravel when they just went through this hellish week of storm response but i feel a lot better about it now like it's nice to see bike loud that video, Kyle Johnson, the vice chair of Bike Lab, put a video up on Instagram driving the sweeper around, and it was really fun. A lot of people were excited about that. And now everybody's just taking turns on the sweeper. Taking turns, and Peabot's cruising through, too. Yeah, Peabot, and they came out with this map, which folks might have seen, but they're they're at least giving us more transparency. I, I want to be careful how much we cheer this <laughs> new thing, because I'm not sure how much of it is just words, and we'll see. But they said it's still a month away. Good marketing, Peabot. Yeah. Still a month away to get all the gravel up, which, you know, there's so many parts of the gravel conversation. I'm I thought of, the gravel riding was like cool and hip. Oh though. boy. Oh boy. It's not. <laughs> stuff is slippery. It's, it's taking out all the pavement marking. It seems to there's be like a lot of glass mixed in there. There's a lot of glass mixed yeah. in. It's just bad stuff. Yeah. It's a huge mess. And I think the big thing I'm taking away this year is I really want to just, I want to know everything about it in terms of how much are they laying it, laying down? How are they laying it down? Why are they laying it down? Right. All that stuff, which never has been really, it's not really known. Well, uh, have, you, have you talked to Aaron from Bike Loud? He, talk, he talked to Jody Yates about yes, sort of what, what all it's made out of and yeah. what the future plan might look like. Yeah. I'm super excited to have, you know, <clears throat> other people looking into this stuff. And, and it, yeah, some Bike Loud folks are equally curious about learning more. And just from transparency, yeah, let's just have the conversation. Do we need to put that much out? And it, it's because it has a huge, like, negative well, it's like this impact. thing. We're just putting this thing down and then we have to clean it up. It's pickup sticks or something. Yeah. And it's always just gone out. And all you have to say if you're Peabot is emergency responders storm. And people are like, oh, that's fine. We got to do that. <laughs> and it's okay. But how many days do we save them? One or two maybe? You know, and it's like, why can't we have the conversation of other other things with their vehicles they can do to, to be safe? Like the tires they buy, types of vehicles they use, right? It's always, It's always like, let's just hold harmless the one thing and then let everything else just have to adjust to it. You know, kind of like those organ trucking lobby people that are trying to shave space off the off the buffer zone and make it so their trucks can drive in there. You know, the whole frame that they're coming with is we can't do anything about the trucks, can we? They still have to go through the center of every urban place in, in Oregon. So we have to, you know, m- minimize the biking space a little bit more. And it's kind of like, well, do you need the trucks to be that big? Do you have to route through that street? You know what I mean? So. The gravel thing is going to be interesting to see how fast they can pick it up. And another thing about that is 
I happen to have a really good source, ex PBOT maintenance person who's just got so much information about picking up gravel. And I'm hoping that he'll do like an interview with me. So that'd be fun. Get that to sounds some, great. We can maybe answer some of those questions and get down to. I'm like, curi- I'm super curious about the inner workings of PBOT and also just things like signals, like how do they design mm. signal lengths and who gets precedence? Like, yeah. why is it that I feel like sometimes I sit on the little bike square and the light goes right away? Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I have to wait through two cycles. What the heck is going on? I agree. It reminds me, I've never been downtown to their Portland building where they handle all that stuff. It's like a op center, right? It's all okay. these blinking buttons. I feel like it's like the this Homer. This is like a movie. Like yeah. It's like Homer Simpson. for Red October, like, but. You know, it's like the Homer, you know, where Homer hangs out at, at <laughs> yeah. work with all the buttons, right? Yeah. They literally have this control center. So when you call for signal stuff, and I've heard stories of this where people, you know, like if you're sufficiently wonky and you're like, the signal at so-and-so, it needs to be reset to 35 seconds and not 20. Like there's a person in that room that, you know, they can just push a button and make changes they're like, like beep that. Boop. Yeah, they're very responsive. The signals people at, at Peabot are really amazing. What's up, Peter? And, you know, everybody else over there. And yeah, I've never been in that room all these years. That reminds it's me. It's time. I should go Get and do Get yourself a little, an appointment. Maybe they have office hours. Yeah, do a little tour. Sneak in. That would be fun because I agree that there's, besides just the sort of scientific curiosity part, it's more, I don't, first of all, I think the signal stuff when it, as it relates to biking is like highly underappreciated mm-hmm. and people just don't know what's going on. And if they knew more, I think it's, it could be like a big win for Peabot. Like there is a lot of cool signal stuff that's specifically for safety and biking and for buses too now. That's yeah, there's a lot. Thing. I mean, like thinking of Rosa Parks getting over like the I-5, the entrance to I-5 South. There's like a little bike signal and a no no right turn at that point that they've put in the last, I don't know, five years. I also heard the city is possibly going to do a bigger no right turn on red campaign yes. coming up. That could be in the future, I hear. Yeah, I think it's up. some key, key intersections. It's a little hard on those PBOT ODOT intersections where like yeah, they ODOT can't. owns the road, right. but PBOT is crossing it kind of thing. Yeah. So like Powell especially is problematic. Yeah. 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 I'd like to interview maybe someone from Signals. So Peabot doesn't allow me to talk to staff anymore like they used to, unfortunately. And I, I mean, I, you know, their comms people are, can be great, Mm -hmm. but it's not as interesting to talk to them because their comms people. Right. They don't have as much of that like deep deep inner knowledge. But maybe we can set it up. We can set it up Uh, because I've been trying to interview a lot more people and I, and, and doing them like virtually, which you know, it's not ideal, but I always got hung up with doing virtual interviews and I would always be like, no, I'm going to interview people in person and thinking, oh, I'll get them here in the shed or I'll bring my equipment. But the reality is, is that ends up meaning that it takes more time and preparation and all that. And so I just, I'm starting to realize, you know, I have the technology right here at my right, desk. And people are open to, and people are open to digital it. interviews. Now. Yeah. And the, and the tech is so good mm-hmm. that the quality can be good. I know I think the one I just did on Kevin Schmidt, there was a reason that the quality on that one wasn't great. I get it. But so anyway, I'm doing more. I'm going to do more of those. I think I have it down. I did one today. Someone I interviewed yesterday. Today, I've already put out the YouTube video, the blog post and the podcast. Wow. So, and it's like 13, 14 minutes, right? So shorter, just get to, you know, it's, but then I can just highlight more people and talk about more stuff and I just do it all online and it's great. 
So anyway, I'm going to be doing more of those. Cranking it out. Yeah. So anybody that's watching and looking at all this stuff, give me a little bit of space here while I polish (laughs) it all up. Because like the podcast I, I uploaded, I didn't include the music. I didn't do the normal intro and outro. I just like put it up. It's still good. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's, mm-hmm. I do. I don't just put up junk. But yeah, I'm trying to get a little Quick more. I'm trying to get a little more. Yeah, efficient with time and and getting to some stuff. You know that I can do. So and finding more ways to like capture some of the stuff we do so that it can be shared. Like Wednesday night at Bike Happy Hour, we had some nice speaking. Three council candidates. One of them who was I thought was great was well they're all great, but. Sarah Silkey, who's running for District 4, she works at the Water Bureau. You know, she, she's raising three kids, engineer at the Water Bureau, and no, doesn't have any political experience, but I thought it was cool. She asked a question. She asked about parking protected bike lanes, and, and it was funny because she, she prefaced it by saying that she's, he- she's heard people over in the office, like she's overheard people kind of like saying, yeah, we don't like that, whatever. So I thought that was interesting, but she wanted to know if what, what cyclists thought of those. So that was really cool. She came to Bike Happy Hour. She asked the question and then we were like passing the mic and she was getting the straight dope from. Yeah, that's great. Like smart people. I think questions are. Yeah. Sometimes more important than talking. Right. Yeah. Right. Like especially mm-hmm. someone with no political experience or isn't necessarily coming from the bike side of things. Yeah. Right? She's getting. Asking questions. Gathering the knowledge. Yeah. Because um, I think not everyone's going to agree too. parking protected bike lanes yeah. are great in some situations. Yeah. And they didn't. I like that. The first two people like totally disagreed. And I mean, it was funny. Eva is, to me, they were kind of the classic representations of that disagreement because it was a woman with family. who yeah. was like, I really like them because I feel safe. And then it was an older gentleman, you know, like kind of your classic cyclist guy who is, would rather be in traffic. Right. Those are the two people. And I was like, that's so good because I always like to think that we have a like diverse spectrum of opinion. Yeah, bike happy hour. That's what makes it fun. So it was kind of neat to see those two. Well, and I think that's an example of like the bicycling community is not like some monolith. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so we need to we need to have infrastructure that that appeals to true to different types of people too. Like we do when we drive. Yeah. There's a there's a freeway. A bunch of different types of cars. That someone decided they should just put straight down the middle of North Portland. Exactly. Yeah. Like Bob Weinstein. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying that right. Weinstein or Steen? I, why do I, do you know? Just roll with it. He's running for District 4. He, he was asking me like why, he was kind of like not into this diverter that Peabot was going to wanting to put up at Vaughn and 24th Northwest. Okay. Because, you know, north of Vaughn is kind of like a, it's not a lot of people go out there on bikes. Major industrial zone. Yeah, it's like Montgomery Park. Yeah. Area. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's just wanted to get my feedback on, he wasn't super excited about it, right? He's lived in Northwest and was on the Neighbor Association, all this stuff. And he's like, am I wrong here? Do you, do you think they should put that out there? And so, yeah, that's what I was, that was my like response to him was saying, well, first I said, I trust engineers at Peabot and planners at Peabot to know where the bike street should be, number one. Mm-hmm. And so they decided it was 24th. And they're probably thinking of, like you said, Montgomery streetcar extension and people do need to get across Vaughn. Uh, cause his thing was kind of saying people could on bikes could go a block over to 23rd and get on a signal or something. And so it was that thing of number one, those aren't great bike streets. And number two is why do we always assume that bikes can just go out, out of their way a block and don't need like multiple different types of ways to reach destinations yeah. <laughs> instead of just one. I always feel like the cars so. should be the ones that have to go out of the way. Yeah. Cause it's, it's too easy. You just step on the gas, step yeah. on the brake. Yeah. I was happy to be able to. 
I love it when candidates want to ask me questions because I could just get to give them my propaganda <laughs> directly, yeah. you know, instead of having to find ways to create content that's propaganda, I can just tell them. Yeah. And that's what I said too. I was like, okay, number two, I was like two biggest things take away from this, Bob. When it comes to neighborhood greenways, everybody wants cars off of them. Just no cars. Yeah. Just do what it, and the Peabot needs to do whatever it takes to get cars off. What is Peabot's official number now? Like they had well, sort of a ceiling. Yeah. At some point of 500 and then I was reading North Portland in Motion and it said 1,000. 1,000 is kind of what for what Ains, For Ainsworth. Is. Yeah. I think 1,000 is, I mean, I know it's 1,000 is what they, what they use. Okay. And that's cars per day. Right. And our job in the community is to make sure that they stick to that. And it's also our job to say, well, if 800 or 500 feels like too much, then that's too much. Right. Because there's no safe car, really. I mean, it's, I think we're years away in America of having shared facilities where we can trust people in cars to like idle along at 10 miles an hour like they do in like in the commercial districts of Amsterdam, where I've shared streets with cars, but there's 200 bikes around them. So it doesn't matter. So for now, and the, given the, the culture around driving we have now, I, you know, 200 cars might feel like too many in some places. And that's what I was telling Bob. So the whole thing is you divert, divert, divert. Well, now, sorry, people like to call them modal filtering. Right, filters. <laughs> filters. And it's, yeah, if, if that bike street's got too many cars, put them on the, the neighborhood collector near it. If the collector has too much, put them on the arterial. If the arterial's too busy, stick them on the freeway. Like, not my problem. Just don't have them there. So anyway. That's fun. Oh, and then I said protection, of course, too, was the other one. Did you see that some congressperson in California is presenting a bill to add speed limiters to cars by 2027? Did you have something in California? No, but I am like a that's your thing. Strong supporter. I saw that and I was like, oh my god! I was like, shit, they're doing it. Yeah, this is happening. This This is is so exciting. I mean. Just the fact that it's there means it starts that whole chain of things and like the whole, you know, list of things that has to happen to change American culture. It starts with what's it's going to be. California. Well, yeah, that's true. California, Mm -hmm. New York. They set all the Mm -hmm. they set all the stuff. But it starts like this with it's going to be terrible news coverage, I bet. I'm sure if I read that article, it's well, first of all, I didn't like that the word, at least the one I saw from SF Gate, I think. Yeah. Was the had the word controversial in it. Classic. (laughs) Which. I know how the media works. Like if you want to sort of cast a little bit of doubt or if you don't really excited about some as you're a journalist, like put the word controversial on the headline. Mm-hmm. Like I won't even do that about stuff because I feel like that sort of taints the water a little bit. Right. You're telling your readers that they should be mad. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. So yeah, that's exciting though. Here we go. Let's get the media stories. Everybody online freaks out. And then yeah. it's a trial balloon for the politicians and then they can tweak it and the advocates can come in and tweak it their way. And then two, three years from now, we're going to have speed governors, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it'll be just like whatever else, Idaho stop or right on red or any other thing, fines for heavy vehicles. Like it's all happening. I want to see more like registration fees mm. assigned to the weight of your vehicle. Like, I don't understand why that's not, why that's not part of the fixing our streets bill 10 cents a gallon like what year is it you guys funny you mentioned fixing our streets yeah it's time for the quiz Ooh. i know you said you had some a quiz question too which we can i have 10 quiz questions you for really? you like rapid fire but you should ask okay. you, you we're doing it topical and i think hannah when i say hannah i mean hannah schaefer folks she's a yeah. comms director at Peabot. awesome person 
does a bunch of amazing work. She, she, she was saying earlier, like, I didn't go to the Fixing Our Streets news conference that was at city council this week. So city council in Portland adopted the ordinance that allows PBOT to put the Fixing Our Streets thing on the ballot in May. That's what happened this week. And to me, I was kind of like, I had a bunch of stuff I had to write. And they had a press conference for it, but I was like, it's kind of procedural. Like, it's not like they're going to vote no. We all right. know it's yeah. going to pass. And so anyway, I didn't go down, but she was like, why don't you go down? Anyway, so to make up for that, I'm going to do a quiz right here. Give some Fixing Our Streets props. How many times have voters already approved the Fixing Our Streets local gas tax? Oh, dang. I don't know. Three times? <gasps> no. No. Two? Two. First time was 2016. Okay. And it's a four-year thing. So, Yeah. This, this one that they, we will be voting on in May will cover from 2024 to 2028. Okay. And it's always been 10 cents a gallon. It has been always 10 cents a gallon, which... Obviously, inflation isn't that's real. That's thing. Maybe next, maybe in 2028. Yeah, how much will... did gas cost in 2016? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, there's always, every time PBOT comes out with their proposal, they're weighing all these political factors and focus groups and polling and stuff, and they're trying to obviously propose what they think will get passed. So I hope to live and maybe be doing this work in 2028 when they come out and they're like, yeah, it's going to be 30 cents, y'all. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, there's already another, there's other gas taxes, right? Yeah. Like this county is only, and yeah, state. Yeah. This is only Portland local gas tax. So I think Peabody's just happy to have the money and right. it's great that it passed in 2016. By the way, shout out to city council candidate and former city commissioner and Peabody commissioner, Steve Novick, who's... Our streets proposal was a precursor to fixing our streets. And, you know, history would show that Novik's thing failed and it might have cost him his seat on council. But I think without that, fixing our streets probably wouldn't have passed because they did a lot of work on the our streets proposal. Anyway, I might get into that later because I wanted to do some archive stuff since it was 10 years ago that they were all into the first our streets proposal. Anyway, okay, back to the quiz. How much does Peabot expect to raise over the next four years? From ten cents a gallon. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ballpark. I don't know. Three, $3.8 million. Just a real arbitrary number. Four years. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot more than that. It's a heck heck of a lot more. It's a lot more than that. Like an extra zero? Yeah. Okay. And then double it. So <laughs> seventy and a half million dollars. Seven zero. Wow. Seventy million. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could I do mean, something. This is kind of one of the classic things that you hear a lot now around the Peabot budget of the thing we want people to stop doing is the thing that funds all our stuff. Right. Which is a little bit of a conundrum. So, yay, we're getting all this money from fixing our streets and it's all from fossil fuels. So <laughs> there you go. Okay, so 70.5 million, 70.5 million is what they expect to raise over the next four years. Do you have, let's, okay, there are three buckets that they put it in and they're yes. splitting it up three ways so there's like the smoothing the streets yeah. they like fix potholes and yep. just sort of general maintenance there's something related to probably bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then there's another bucket that's the third bucket <laughs> yeah. that is something else you're to it's it's totally i looked at this website kind of <laughs> recently because i was in a meeting with carmen rubio's office and i like needed to mm. refresh myself but obviously my brain is a filter. Mm -hmm. Are you going to tell us about that meeting with Commissioner <laughs> Rubio's office or no? Uh, it was basically like Bike Loud telling Rubio's office, like, we support 
fixing our streets oh, cool. and we want more diverters. That's our biggest ask. Great. Is really just making the greenways comfortable. Wow. Thanks for having a meeting with the commissioner. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Rubio wasn't there, but um, cool. one of our office staff. The people that matter were there, the staff. Yes. <laughs> okay. The three buckets. Yeah. It's the thing about this is it, it totally excuse for not knowing because they don't ever really make any sense and they're really more like political things anyway in terms of I think the naming it's very right. you know so one of them is called community street services mm. and that's where that's and what kind, does that mean that's kind of a catch-all one where it's like potholes signals okay some traffic calming I think the plaza some of the plaza retrofit stuff and okay they'll do some bike ped oriented stuff in there and yeah so probably some of the concrete planter kind of stuff and then there's the smoother streets, which like, like you said, it's basically all paving. It's going to go into that one. And I didn't see the actual breakdown. I could, I could probably find this. It'd be good to know. But within the paving, they are calling out directly neighborhood greenway paving. So that's nice because it means something when they actually put that word in there in the description because then we can hold them accountable and be like, hey, which neighborhood greenways did you pave? Because counter to what maybe a lot of people might think, neighborhood greenways, some of them are in very bad shape. Yeah. And you can look back and actually see what projects they've completed. Yeah. They have that on, on PBOT's website. Yeah. That's one of the, the like things. Like for the last four years. That's one of the cool fixing our streets things that they've always done. It's been pretty transparent on the project. You know, I think they might be changing that this year where they may not list specific projects. Okay. But anyway, typically they've been very good about listing what they're doing because they know that Part of it is like the trust issue with Peabot yeah, we're has watching. Got, gotten so bad that people yeah. are like, we're not voting for this unless we know exactly where it's going. And then the other, and the other one is safer streets. So they're going to do like safe routes to school and then split up between safety projects on high crash quarter, high crash network streets, and then, um, you know, residential streets, neighborhood greenway stuff. Um, but yeah, do, do you think it'll pass? I think it'll, I think it'll pass. I kind of do too, but there's that part of me that... You know, you think people will be like, oh, 10 cents a gallon. Well, that's breaking my budget. People are just mad. Yeah. They don't like government, a lot of people. And there are some forces in Portland that are really like encouraging that dislike of government. And they're, they have big platforms. And I think there's a lot of people in Portland that are potentially going to say, heck no. Or maybe have we'll a, fix our own potholes. Uh, maybe, or they may say, "Hey, we have a beef with uh, you know, no more spending on bike stuff, and we don't right. need all that junk." I don't know. I just hold out that there might be, they may have a a little problem with the votes. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's always this like squeaky argument that's like, "Well, only X number of people ride bicycles, so why should that many dollars go?" Yeah, no, that's a huge argument. I mean, right. actually, try at you know, wow, yeah. how many people ride the max? What it costs. Well, that's something uh, Bob Weinstein asked me today on our phone call. Mm-hmm. He was just curious. I think he's more curious like how to, how to counter that when he hears that from people about like, why are we spending money? Yes, nobody here. And so that's, a, that's an important thing to be able to know how to answer for anybody listening is on the campaign trail. You got to know how to answer that. Yeah. And, um, well, because it's also like, I feel like the excuse of if you build it, they will come hasn't really played out. Well, how do you, how do you think they should answer that question when people have that critique? What do you think is a good response? I mean, I think America should be a nation that cares about people who historically have been sort of pushed under the rug. I think we always we always need to be looking out for, you know, people have less power and less control. And you see um, And I see cyclists, I see people who are pedestrians. Forty percent of yeah. Portlanders do not drive a car. Yeah. And I think so few people realize that. 
Yeah. People that drive cars can never imagine that there are people that don't own or drive a car. Yeah. That's like a, that's a better answer than I've ever had for that. (laughs) I'm just hearing it and like, I'm going to start copying that one. I like that answer. That's good. Um, I think it's harder. I have trouble sometimes making the argument to people that, and feeling that I'll be believable or it'll be accepted if I'm trying to say that cyclists are marginalized in terms of representation and um, respect institutionally. Yeah. You know, uh, like cyclists aren't white men in Lycra. That's, I mean, that is just not true. Yeah. Hence the problem I have making that argument <laughs> because I will be making it. <laughs> you n- need to bring not. in your associate. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. I, I, I would always say, well, we don't, I mean, the, one of the classic things is, you know, we don't, we don't decide to build a bridge by how many people are swimming across a river, I think is a good, you know, I'm not one for right, like a silly example. Yeah, I, I think silly examples are kind of silly, but <laughs> they can be helpful. And I always just lean back and go, "Well, hey, sorry, but you know, the city's adopted all these plans. That means something. Basically, the documents that control the fate of our city's future all say that we need a lot more people to, yeah. to not drive, to bike, walk, and take transit. So uh, there are some proven ways to do that, and yeah. those mean that we need to make the streets look different, feel different, and so that's just what we're going to do here. You know, that's just how, that's how it goes. And if you don't like that, then you got to organize, you got to change those policies, change those plans. Good luck to you. Yeah. Good luck to you passing policy and electing people that will, you know, not be for that stuff. It won't happen in Portland. I don't think. (laughs) Knock on wood. (laughs) I mean, you look at the council candidates right now and for the most part, it's a big representation of pretty progressive transportation, people who are ready to reform transportation yeah. policy and stuff and do cool stuff do the stuff that we're hoping you know we do yeah more like on. pushing portland to be a denser yeah. like greener city yeah and so you know people that are out there saying things that go against that one of the one of the ways i kind of feel like responding is to say where are your candidates where's your where's your politics yeah. who do you got who's running are anybody gonna run on that or are you just gonna yell on the internet where you can find other people who would just yeah. want to yell at something. Yelling on the internet's so fun, though. Yikes! I mean, <laughs> I don't. Not that I ever really do that, you know. You just speaking, have to moderate those comments. Yeah. Oh, speaking of moderating, <laughs> Lisa has uncovered this vast conspiracy. Yeah, I love talking to Lisa about the <laughs> commenters because she reads everything. Yeah, well, you and her together, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, Lisa Caballero. Yeah. She uncovered like over a dozen different names that are essentially the same commenter, right? Like, I know that happens on the internet and my policy has always been, I don't care if you use different names because people might be protecting themselves for some reason. They may want to represent how they want to represent. Obviously you can be anonymous because that's fine if people don't want to, all that I'm cool with. Obviously I don't like it if you comment to yourself, that's called sock puppeting. We don't, that's an instant just ban issue. But these people that Lisa uncovered are like way more sophisticated. So anyway, they are basically different names different usernames on the site, but they're all kind of like saying basically negative stuff, right? Like Portland's a failure, you know, oh, this bike thing would be fun, but too bad there's too many tents and people living in your way and you can't bike and here's a link to some YouTube thing. Or the comments where it's no one's even, like you said, no one's even biking. Why are we paying attention to this stuff? Where it was like, it, they're kind of frustrating, annoying to me, but they, they don't on themselves rise to the level of something that I would just delete, right? The last thing I want is people who, you know, don't agree with us or don't agree with a lot of people on the site or whatever who maybe are just 
they just came on the site for some reason. Want to learn but more. Lisa was saying like originally these kind of comments would come from one IP address mm. and you could easily sort of sort them out. But now things are getting slightly more sophisticated. Yeah. She is absolutely 100% She's convinced. Like super detective. She I is. love it. I, I'm a little bit less suspicious than yeah. she is. I like to think that, I mean, I know there's a lot of people in Portland who just, you know, think that way and they're mad about whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. They find Bike Portland. They want to make a comment. That's fine. I like, mm-hmm. I like people on Bike Portland to hear some negativity sometimes and know that that's out there and, I don't, you know, pierce that little bubble of comfort. I think that's important to some degree. But Lisa's, she's not having it. She, she's convinced that these are political operatives and people trying to, you know, sway the narrative and stuff. Yeah, getting so, people to move to Camus. Yeah, exactly. It's actually run it's by Camus the real estate yes, agent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like the person that comments all the time. I'm so glad I left Portland. You guys are clowns. Like, why are you, why are you here? Anyway, so we deleted all of them. Because they, the they miss it a little bit. That's the thing. They do. They, they leave do. and then. Of course. They miss it. There's so much to miss. I don't know. What else, what else can we talk about? <laughs> we have, you want to do my, you want to do you, the lightning. Yeah. You want to do the lightning. Lightning. Lightning right. round, Chris. Okay. Well, okay. I got 10 questions for you. Okay. Internal hub or derailleur? Oh, internal hub. Okay. Without a doubt. 650B or 700C? Oh, 650. Okay. Silver components or black components? Black. Tacos or burrito? Oh. <sighs> My stomach says one thing and my heart says another thing. That's <laughs> funny. In real life, it's taco, but in my dreams, it's burrito. Okay. Tacos from where? Oh, I go down the street to Azteca. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's our go-to. Pizza or sushi? Oh, yeah, these are hard. Pizza. Pizza. Tan sidewalls or black sidewalls on mm, your tires? Tan, yeah. Tan, okay. Do you ride further for a flat route or go over the hill? <laughs> These are before I stopped riding, I'd go over the hill, and that's why I've stopped riding. <laughs> now I go flat. <laughs> Even though you have an e bike most of the time, I do have an e bike. I love hills too much. I love hills too much. Bike lane or greenway? No, oh, greenway. Sweet or savory? Like snack? Mm. Uh, definitely savory. Okay. And what flavor donut is your go to? Mm. Uh, a fritter or an old fashioned. Okay. Yeah. At which That's donut true. shop? Heavenly Donuts on Heavenly Lombard. on Lombard. Yeah. Always open. Great place. They were open the whole snowstorm. Yep. With a smile, with freshness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That almost wraps it up. We're about to our allotted time. So much fun stuff to talk about. You want to go back in history 10 years? Of course. Real quick. I'm so excited, Eva, because in a year or so, I'll be able to go back in history 20 years and Whoa. say, what were we talking about in the Portland bike scene 20 years ago? But can't quite do that yet, but I can go back 10 years. We might have been talking about the same things. That's the part that gets really <laughs> frustrating, and we kind of were. There was a woman back on January 29th, 2014, who was riding on the cement road down on to get onto uh, Swan Island. Does everybody know what the cement road is? If you don't know, I kind of don't want to tell you because it's not really legal, but it's a thing. <laughs> it's a flat route to Swan Island from Interstate over underneath the Fremont Bridge. But it's okay. owned by Union Pacific Railroad because it goes through the rail yard. But because Swan Island's so I've dang- never taken the cement road. But it's kind of one of those civil disobedience things, and yeah. I don't feel terrible about telling people it's there because it's kind of BS that there's no safe or easy way to get to freaking Swan Island, which has thousands and thousands of jobs, yeah. right? Going is terrible. There's a little bike path, but it's always full of debris. And I rode, I rode my bike there 
when I had first moved to Portland and I had a UPS package to pick up and I was like, oh, well, well I'll just go get it on my bicycle from Hawthorne. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, never again. Exactly. And then we built the Wad Bluff Trail mm-hmm. off of, over by UP, off Willamette, where the Willamette, bends, Willamette Boulevard bends. And because Parks is Parks and they don't really care that much about transportation or biking, they put like this massive metal, huge flight of stairs and there's no ramp. That would have been a great chance to put we didn't do it. So we have that and going. Then there's the cement road. Anyway, this woman got a ticket for biking on the cement road because she was going down to Swine Island and she filed a formal complaint with, with the city because she said she got bullied by the UPRR security person, her and her small, uh, six-year-old daughter that was on her bike. So that was happening 10 years ago. Dang. Uh, also 10 years ago, Bike Portland made our first ever mention of the Green Loop. Green Loop. So... Think of that for it. Let that wash over your brain that the green loop was mentioned 10 years ago for the first time and ask yourself how far we've gotten. When or not. was the green loop Sunday parkways? Oh, uh, not, not, not that ago. long ago. Not that long ago. Like six years you, ago. You know, it's fun. I looked at that story and there were some other names that were considered. Oh, okay. At the time. So like in the Bureau of Planning and Sustainability, when they did the conceptual plan and all this stuff is when I, I was able to get a hold of it and do a story and there's the conceptual drawings and all this stuff. The other names that were the Green Loop was going to be called were Promenade Park. Okay. So if, for, if folks don't know, the Green Loop is something that was adopted in the comp plan like a couple years ago. Uh, it's this idea for a six mile long central city, basically like walk bike path thing. Right, we'll see what it ends up being, but that's kind of the idea, right? Loop, loop, loop of the central city. Um, like it would, loop. yeah, it would kind of go north, south on the east side, and north, south yeah. on the west side. Like an all ages thing. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. nice. So that that's what we're we're trying to build right now. So the other names would would have been called Promenade Park. The other one was called the Parkway. They were going to call it Urban Trail. These are not that great. That's why they didn't pick them. The other one would have been the Central Path. Oh God! If there's any BPS people that worked on this, I mean, the nothing Portland, but respect. The Portland but these aren't Parkway. Great names. I don't know. Portland Parkway would have worked, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Way Around was another one. <laughs> the Way Around. <laughs> and then the other one was called Compass Park. Okay. Compass Park. All right. A couple more looking back. Tenure. I mean, I do like the Green Loop. I think. Green Loop works. I think it's nice. Yeah. Other fun things that happened 10 years ago. The Unipiper, who I don't think really gets as much props as he probably should on Bike Portland, but I feel like that guy gets so much props in other places. Well, this is like everyone knows yeah. the Unipiper. I mean, it's not it's not uh, Unibike Portland. Anyway, uh, Unipiper was on Jimmy Kimmel Live. No way. Yeah, 10 years ago. And juggled and played the yeah, bagpipes. Yeah. And, but okay. I also wanted to mention the Unipiper because he's leading a ride on Saturday called the Let's Ride Bud Ride. Bud Let's Ride. Oh, shoot. This is a Bud Clark Bud Memorial Clark ride. ride. It's like a, well, it's the most Portland thing ever. It's in the weekend event guide, but it's the coffee beer fest this weekend. Okay. It's actually the Goose Hollow coffee beer fest and gigantic okay. brewing is releasing a Bud Clark coffee stout and he's on a bike on the label. It's a great label. Everybody should check it out. And so the Unipiper's leading a ride from Pioneer Square to the Goose Hollow coffee beer fest in honor of Bud Clark and Bud Clark Coffee Stout. That's just like the most Portland thing you could possibly do. So, you know, Piper, props to him. He's been holding it down for a while. We should probably just end on that. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I don't need to remind people that the Oregonian 10 years ago before Bike Share launched, wrote an op-ed that it would be a risky venture and they wanted to warn. Controversial. Yeah, exactly. 
They were really concerned. They were wanting to warn us that it would siphon money from city coffers. So they were wrong. <laughs> Wasn't that risky after all? And still not a dime from the city, really, unfortunately. I wish it did siphon money from city coffers, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Our time is up. Eva. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. See you next week. See you at happy hour? Yeah, sure. I'll be there. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate all of your support. If you are not a paid subscriber of Bike Portland yet, please become one today at bikeportland.org support uh, and find out how you can be a part of what we're doing here and pay a little bit in to keep it thriving and surviving. I also want to thank Brock Didis of Sprocket Podcast fame for our wonderful new theme music. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, we'll see you in the streets.